getting into the Genesis Invitational, Preview, Top Plays, Core Plays, and First Look Build. Let's go. All right, the 2023 Genesis Invitational, which is going to be an elevated event, and it's going to be an event that has Tiger Woods back. Uh, everyone's going to be excited for that. Also, we have Full Swing, the Netflix documentary, releasing as well. So it's going to be a fun few days in uh, golf, in the golf world. So getting into the Genesis Invitational kind of course preview. Now, remember, this used to be called the Genesis Open. It's had a, a few different names. So typically speaking, this is going to be a harder scoring track. So it's no shock that something like birdie to bogey ratio is really popping up, especially in terms of like players that are going to top 10. You want to be focusing on that. Now, typically speaking, golfers that are making birdies are going to be the ones playing well, but I'm going to be looking at birdie to bogey ratio because really avoid, avoiding bogeys is, is going to be key. And if you look at the key characteristics of golfers that won, they are going to be hitting greens, but we are seeing that the stroke scan stat that we want to be focusing seen in on the most between stroke skin putting, stroke skin around the green, stroke skin off the tee is going to be stroke skin approach. And we see that with players that miss the cut as well. That's going to be the key stat that we're looking at. We do see that because it is a par 71, that par four scoring is going to be a key stat as well. Total driving ball striking, not like entirely huge, but if we go like year by year, let's see if that changes. And so as we can see, like, yes, each year there's going to be different kind of key stats that pop up depending on who wins. And that's why we're going to look at the general key stats. So with that, let's go ahead and look at which golfers are going to be the top stat fits. So looking at Roy's coming in as the top stat fit in the field with the average stat fit of 9.3, which is really good. Uh, looking at like Adam Hadwin after that, Terrell Haddon, Son J.M., Justin Thomas, John Rom, Patrick Hanley, Tony Finau, got a small sample size coming in here. Scotty, Tommy Fleetwood, Cordy Connors. So we can see a pretty strong field there just right out the bat. Then just looking at the players with the best course history here, Cameron Young coming in with a second place finish last year. Uh, if we look at two starts, we see Victor Hovland popping up there. We look at Adam Scott, tremendous course history, four straight made cuts with a victory in there and three top 10 finishes. Uh, John Rahm, kind of the same thing. Wyndham Clark been playing some good golf. He's at an interesting price tag this week, I would say. Max Homa, spectacular finishes as well. Uh, Xander Schauffele going to be someone that's going to be tough to avoid. Guys, this week is going to be very similar to last week in terms of who I am on for the most part. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, you know, good starts. Patrick Hanley, good starts. Uh, he's coming in off of a missed cut right on the number. Uh, we'll see about that. Just got off to a slow start. And I will say last week, it did seem like there was a slight weather advantage in terms of like when the delays occurred. Um, and, and so maybe maybe we just kind of write that off for Patrick Hanley. Uh, Colin Morikawa. Uh, the the chalk fade last week for uh, nine to five worked out. Tony Finau always a GPP player. I mean, we are seeing guys. We have a ton of golfers that are coming in with great course history. Uh, Rory would be ranking out better if he didn't have that missed cut two years ago, but still three top 10 finishes. Spectacular there. Cage Lee, four straight made cuts. Russell Henley, four straight made cuts. Lanto, three. JB Holmes, three. Uh, we can just see tremendous starts from a lot of these golfers. I mean, it goes deep this week. It's a great field. It's going to be difficult to kind of really dial in on um, which top end players we should be on. So we'll go ahead and get into recent form. Golfers coming in with the best recent form really should be no shock uh, for these players here. Uh, John Rahm has been on a tear. Rory's been on a tear. Uh, uh, even last week where uh, after round one, and this was annoying, he he said that, you know, this course really just isn't that good for my shot shape. Uh, it's like, all right, Rory, uh, you could have told us that confidence level that you had before round one. That'd have been great. I mean, it wasn't on him too much. I was on Rom, Scotty a little bit more, Xander more, uh, Homa more, but still, it's like, come on. 
Let's get that information. Uh, but after that, we got Xander, Scotty, Homa, Shamus Power, Tony Finau, Victor Hovland. I mean, we can see this field goes deep. Thomas Dietrich is going to be another interesting play this week, guys. Uh, the last few weeks, he's been really cheap, and his price is actually going down, even though the, the starts continue to be solid starts, especially given his... Uh, um, price point. So top 10 in recent form, right? We can get him at 7.1. Same thing with Joel Damon. Top 12, we can get him at 7K. Uh, Adam Hadwin, uh, top 15 in recent form, right? Uh, Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, guys, it is kind of loaded with quality golfers uh, that have been playing some quality golf for quite some time. I will say Adam Scott is going to be an interesting player as well. I think I'll be on him this week. And then just looking at the specialist. So as you guys know, the specialist is going to be pulling in all the unique data for that week's tournament and too much of that as well so we're pulling in bunkers course designer uh fairway with green speeds green with all that kind of random stuff par location uh scoring and so we can kind of see which players are going to be the top uh specialist based off of that data so i'm just going to sort it by specialist and so we can see john rom popping up there xander scotty rory cantley homa finau sunjay and chasten headley casually popping up there as well so this is going to be a an interesting tool for this tournament. I would say I probably will default to this a little bit more this week, just in 50 fifties, just because it is such a tight, uh, field, especially on the top end. So, you know, if we're stuck between two players, I might just use this tool to decide that. So let's go ahead and get into the high tier price point range. All right, guys. So just looking at it, uh, we can see just a loaded field here. Okay. So John Rahm is going to be the class of the field coming in as the number one play in the nine to five model. Once again, I mean, he just continues to dominate Uh third place finish last week. And you could tell round three just didn't have his stuff fully together. Uh, it's just a good reminder that it is difficult to win on the PGA tour, but even in turn in which he doesn't have his a game i guess if you will third and seventh place finishes i mean he has been a top 10 machine it's really just difficult to afford or it's difficult not to play a john rom this season it just is and he's not really being priced up enough given his production so uh it is a great spot and like he is someone that really just could be 12k and then i would think about all right do we need to play him? But as it sits right now, it's still a, a simple, I think, plug and play that we're going with with this approach because he really just is very consistent as a fantasy producer. And given the course history, 21st, 5th, 17th, 9th, like nothing suggests that he should struggle. Key stat wise, he ranks out really well in all the key stats. Nothing alarming there. Uh, top specialist, 97% chance to make the cut. So we are getting a, a few golfers with a, over a 90% chance to make the cut. But 97 is crazy. Uh, like we just continue to roster him. From there, you know, you could it's, it's tough guys like we're gonna have pieces of all these guys it's gonna be trying to figure out like which players not to be on really uh you could usually be on scotty i wouldn't blame you 7th 20th 30th place finishes at this tournament uh you know really strong play across the board obviously coming in off of that victory eight straight may cuts in a row now um his worst finish recently was 11th place finish at the american express so really just turning out some good results now, I will say I'll just take the security with John Rahm a little bit more. But if you want to be on Scotty Scheffler, that's that's not the wrong decision. OK, from there, some people might be worried about playing Rory uh, this week. And actually, let's just pull up the ownership real quick. Never mind. <laughs> He's coming in at 21 percent projected own. Interesting there. OK, so interesting. And that's kind of the beauty of doing this video on Tuesday um, is that we can look at ownership. I thought he might be a little bit under owned uh, this week, just given the fact that he had a bad start last week. And I think everyone else has seen that that start, that bad start is most likely just due to him not being that familiar with the tournament. Uh, coming into this tournament, he's went 10th, miscut, 5th, 4th. 
Okay, he's the top staff in the field, fourth best specialist in the field, coming in in the second best recent form in the field. Really just a strong play. And I think it does kind of, the fact that he was able to make the cut is something that's definitely encouraging. And guys, like I said, like these plays on this top end are all great. And it's all very difficult not to be on them. And I think we should be on all of them. I think it'd be a mistake not to be on some of them. Now, yes, we're going to prioritize some players over the others, but it's definitely a situation in which I think we need to be on, on all of them. So JT had been someone that, you know, had been lacking the upside. And then we saw the upside there at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, killing my winnings for prize picks on, on Saturday and Sunday. It was very painful. I had a bunch of lines that had five out of six and had JT not dominated, it would have been very profitable. Still, you know, the two X payouts, nice on prize picks. So it wasn't terrible. Uh, I'm bittersweet about that. Okay. Uh, JT has good starts here though. Sixth, miscut, miscut second. I mean, pretty good stuff there. Obviously those miscuts we don't love, but given the fact that he has you know, two top 10 finishes other than that, you know, that's fine. And that's kind of been what he's been doing recently. Um, I would say he does feel like the one that's the most overpriced here. I mean, he's coming in six in the nine to five model, which, which suggests that he's slightly too high, uh, but nothing too crazy. Let's look at Xander and that guys, I, I need to touch on all these plays because they are the top end plays. Okay. It's just, it is what it is. I want to be more direct, but this is what we have this week. These are the top plays. And so like Xander and, and people might not want to play Xander this week uh, because he doesn't have like the best upside finishes recently. Looking at this tournament, he's finished 13th, 15th, 23rd, and 15th, which is kind of what his recent form has been, you know, 10th, 13th, third. He withdrew from the Century Tournament Champions, fourth. You know, he has had some really good results. 16 straight make cuts in a row, okay? Second best specialist in the field, eighth best in course history rank, 18th best effort. So that's that's kind of the worry there. And third best in recent form rank. Overall, fourth best player in the nine to five model. And he's going to be tied with Tony Finau here. Okay, Tony Finau, great course history. Obviously should have won against Max Homa. And that just brings up some haunting memories of Sam Burns choking away the victory that year. Um, yeah, Tony Finau really choked away the victory here two years ago, but has good course history, 33rd, 2nd, 51st, 15th, so four straight make cuts. Uh, key stat-wise, ranks out top five or better in three out of the four key stats I'm looking at. Recent form, you know, the upside, I guess, given his price day, we, maybe a little bit more, I guess. I don't, like, we're... Uh, we're trying to find reasons not to play these guys. I mean, 14th, 9th, 16th, 7th, 7th. Like, we would certainly take those finishes. We would certainly take locking in a top 20 finish every single week. Um, just this week, we might need more. He's the fourth best play in the 9 to 5 model. I'll certainly be on him in GPPs. I don't know if we can play him in cash. And then Max Homa again. I, I think we're going to go back to the well with him. Sure, he had a terrible weekend last week. Uh, a lot of the commentary was kind of just saying, you know, Max might have a little bit more pressure than he's used to because uh, a lot of the people that he's friends with are here at this tournament and whatnot. I'm like, that's a curious take. And it, maybe that was true. At this tournament, guys, he has great results, though. 10th, 1st, 5th, 37th. Okay? You know, he had, he had a bad start after his victory. Still was able to make the cut. I think we can be more confident in playing Max Soma. I think he does make a lot of sense in cash as well. Coming in with a 90% chance to make the cut. So does Tony Finau as well, just as an FYI. So, you know he does kind of make for a solid starting point. Now, last week, I kind of mentioned Kyle Morikawa was, was random chalk. Like anytime we get kind of random chalk, like Kyle Morikawa, where there's elite plays at the same price tag and they're not getting as much ownership, like just be on those players. Um, and last last week, it was just strange. Okay. Um, I'm curious and I'm pulling up the ownership right now. I was curious as to see if his ownership would be lower than it is right now. 
And no, he's coming in at 14% projected own. So with that, probably can't be on him. I was going to say, like, we could easily go with him if he was 9 8% projected on. Obviously, this is very early on in the week, so this can change. Um, but I was just kind of curious about that. So, like, there's no real need to play him. Second place finish at this tournament last year. I mean, pretty good stat fit. Um, I don't know. It just feels like you'd be forcing him into a build if you wanted to play him. I think Patrick Canley and Victor Hovland are going to be kind of two solid plays. And I wouldn't be shocked if they are kind of chalky. Now, Patrick Cantlay um, kind of had been trending in kind of the wrong direction for a little bit there. Uh, missed the cut on the number. Um, you know, just couldn't get it going is pretty much the best way to sum it up. Uh, he has four straight make cuts out of this tournament, 33rd, 15th, 17th, 15th. So good stuff there. Overall could be a like a better staff fit, but nothing too alarming. Like he's solid overall. And he's just a solid player overall. Um, I don't know if I'll play him in cash just given the fact that he's coming in off of a miscut. But if you end up on him, like as the last player into your build, I'm fine with it. Uh, just given the price tag, it's a solid price tag. And so Victor Hovland, I do think will be a strong cash plan. I can't believe he's 8.9. That is pretty awesome that we can get Victor Hovland at this price tag. Victor Hovland is someone that really struggled at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So it's no surprise that he, he did struggle. 42nd place finish. I'm encouraged by the fact that he made the cut last week. That's encouraging to me. He comes into this tournament where he's finished fourth and fifth over the last two years. That is encouraging to me. He's a top 15 staff at top nine specialist, uh, top eight in recent form, 12th best pick in the nine to five model. If we are making like a cash build, I think he makes a lot of sense there. 85% chance to make the cut. He should be a very solid price point play. Uh, I see no real reason not to be on Victor Hovland this week. It's going to be very difficult given this price tag not to play him. He's like the last of the truly elite plays that we can be on. And so going lower, another kind of random chalk play last week was Cameron Young. Um, it was just strange. Once again, just given the players around his price tag, there's no reason he should have been like that much higher owned than some of the other players. And that that's very much going to be the same situation this week. If someone is kind of random chalk, that's the exact same play as others around them. Just be on the other plays. It's going to be as simple as that. Uh, but looking at Cameron Young, fine, fine play. I think this week, GPP wise, like you're not, you're not trying to go out of your way to like hammer him as a play, but we have seen him not be as good. I feel like he is like a little bit too high priced and like this price point range is kind of the same as it was last week where you don't really need to go out of your way to play anyone in this price run range like willie z could have a good finish uh jordan spieth has made four straight cuts at this tournament i'd probably want to be on him the most here but other than victor hovland it kind of feels like a, a price point range in which we could just skip over again um I, I don't mind jason day he's been someone that's been definitely trending in the right direction for quite some time now he's had i mean look at those starts 16th miscut which you know still under par still a good good result i would say just one you know bad round at the rsm classic 18th 7th 5th and so if we get a top 20 finish at this price tag like we'd be happy with that more than happy with that now if we continue on that's where the plays get better the plays get better as we go lower on in this price point tier so like hideki it is a very solid play at this price tag. 8.2, it's a very cheap price tag. So we could maybe even build the cash lineup from Hideki, the next two players, just given their price tags. Like you could get four solid plays and have a really strong fair and balance build. Looking at Hideki, course history-wise, 39th, miscut, fifth, and ninth. Okay, recent form could be better, I guess, if you will, but you know, he is such a consistent player i think we can project to make cut he has an 80 percent chance to make the cut as well top 25 play in the nine to five model like nothing too elite but nothing too alarmingly bad really the only bad stat that we have coming in is that miscut two years ago so hideki is going to be a strong safe play look at someone like terrell hatton who's one of the top leverage plays last week and this goes back to why were we why were people forcing in young and even more cow when you can get 
some strong leverage plays like Finau, Homa, Hatton, where they're just not being properly valued. It was a strange week in that sense. Uh, but Hatton, we could definitely be on again GPP-wise. Sure, he missed the cut at this tournament four years ago. That's the most alarming stat data point that we have coming in. Uh, he ranks out top 10 in four of the key stats I'm looking at this week. Overall, top five staff it could be a little bit better specialist wise, ranking out 30th in the field. Ninth best recent form in the field, though. We can see those starts have been really spectacular and, and across the world as well. Uh, I expect him to have a good good finish and continue the good form that he's been in. So you could potentially play him in a cash build. Like going lower, I'm perfectly fine with Justin Rose. Justin Rose has been you know playing some solid golf. Now, not the best staff fit and actually ranks out 43rd in the 95 model. And you always worry about a player coming in off of a victory, especially like that, where I don't want to say it was fluky, but mm, fluky. You know, he be benefited from the win. Not a, not a bad play. Like AK is a cheap price take for him. Then looking at Adam Scott, I'm sure Adam Scott's going to be extreme chalk. And no, <laughs> what the heck is going on with his ownership early? interesting this is very interesting ownership wise uh maybe it's because i maybe it's because of me maybe it's because i'm coming out with my video later on in the day i would have swore he would have been and where is he at and i don't want to make this ownership video but man i would have thought he'd be the chalkiest player i, I would have all right good potential lever spot and only coming in like 20th right now uh personally i would say i probably want to be on him more uh so good am scott first of all i love his putter literally the design of his putter and honestly i, I do i just like i like the center aligned putter it's good for him too. It works. So looking at Adam Scott, course history wise, four thirty eighth, first seventh, three top ten finishes, and a misc or in a made cut, which was a thirty eighth place finish. So when he didn't have his A game at this tournament, he was still able to make the cut. I would take a made cut at AK. Okay, key stat wise, pretty solid across the board. Ranks out top ten in the nine to five mile because he's a. 14th best specialist, fourth best in course history rank, second best staff fit as a whole, 21st in recent form rank. Recent form has been solid. We would take those starts. 10 straight main cuts in a row. Like, I feel like if we are hoping for like a top 10 finish, we're probably hoping for too much, but should be a solid main cut at such a cheap price tag. So I'm perfectly fine rostering Adam Scott this week as well. All right, so now we get down into this low tier price point tier. And so for me, once again, I don't want to make this ownership video, but I would assume Wyndham Clark's going to be pretty chalky. I'm kind of enjoying doing this on, on Tuesday just for this reason. Wyndham Clark is coming in at 11% projected owned, which you know is about right, I would say. Uh, he's someone you could definitely, I think, spike up ownership wise a little bit more than that. I mean, look at these starts, guys. 16th, 10th, made cut, made cut. 10th place finish. And so that's, I like to see that with a player because not every tournament is going to be a great tournament for golfers. And I just like to see them making the cut. Seven straight make cuts in a row now. Fourth best course history in the field with the eighth and 17th place finish. Now, we didn't have a start here last year, but still two top 20 finishes at this tournament. You know, I like to see that. Not the best staff fit. That's going to be the biggest worry. 79th in the field, staff fit wise. Uh, but recent form wise, top 20 in the field, specialist wise, 35th in the field. Overall, ranks out 33rd in the 95 mile. It's a pretty good tag for him, but there's no need to play him because we. We could easily play Keegan Bradley. He's going to be a solid price point play. Uh, the issue with him is he's made three out of four cuts here, but his best finish here over the last four years was 48th. Still a strong staff in good recent form. You could definitely play him if you want to. We have Seamus Power, who Seamus Power is looking like a pretty good play as well. Recent form has been pretty solid. We can just see a bunch of top 25 finishes. Uh, actually, he's coming in top 10 in recent form rank, remember. That's because we're drawing in a lot of these starts as well with that, uh, but still a solid play. The issue with him, one made cut, which was a 64th place finish and a missed cut. So not good there. And that's why these guys are priced down here. Same thing with Corey. Corey Connors, Corey Connors, three straight missed cuts at this tournament. Great staff hit. Only ranks out 36 in the 9 to 5 mile because of that alarmingly bad course history. Like if we continue on, Adam Hadwin, a very solid play this week as well. Top 25 play in the 9 to 5 model. Three made cuts and one missed cut most recently. At this price tag, I think he makes for a fine cash play as well. We could definitely end up on him. Brian Harmon, 
three straight make cuts at this tournament. Pretty solid recent form as a whole. Missed the cut at the American Express while shooting minus eight. I'm fine with that. Okay. If he does that at this tournament, you know, plays solid golf in a tournament that's going to have less variance like that. Obviously, the higher scoring, the more variance that's entered in. So he should be someone that makes a cut. Mason has a top 15 play in the nine to five model. If it wasn't for this miscut, I'd probably be on more than I'm going to be. Although at this price tag, it's probably going to be tough not to play Brian Harmon. Alex Norn had a very painful bogey on 18 to miss the cut on the number. That was frustrating. That was very frustrating there. Uh, besides that, I've been playing some good golf. And obviously, I mentioned this a bunch last week. The biggest worry with Alex Norn was the fact that we just hadn't seen him a lot recently. Okay, one start over the past like three months. And, you know, it was a, it was a miscut on the number. I will take that. And so he is someone that's uh, made three Straight cuts here, 48th, 12th, 59th place finishes. Overall rank style is a top 30 play in the 95 mile. At this price tag, that's a very strong uh, price point. Now, I don't think someone like JT Poston was the wrong play last week. I honest, I do think that he just got the poor end of like a weather, uh, the weather delay. Uh, he was plus two heading into the par five, and then he bogeyed the par five the next day. And obviously, that's when the there was a lot of windy conditions. And then he made three more bogeys to close out that round. I think if he closes that round out in around Friday, or sorry, on Thursday, he is definitely having a better finish than that. I'd be fine going back to the well with him. He's not a must play this week, but probably be on him in about 5% of builds. Bo Hosler is definitely someone that's catching my attention. Just been turning out some really good starts recently. Has two made cuts at this tournament, 48th and 15th place finish. Tommy Fleetwood, I'm fine with. But we can see there's just a lot of solid plays on the top end of this pricing tier, and then a lot of okay plays lower on. I do want to mention Thomas Dietrich because, once again, this is just a strange price tag for a guy that's, you know, coming in in such strong form, okay? Making a ton of cuts producing some good results top 12 specialists like at this price tag i'm not saying he's a lock or anything like that but it just wouldn't be shocking to see him make the cut right just given the form that he's been in i, I i'll be on him a decent amount and then that being said like we got joel damon who has a top 10 finish at this tournament he has been playing much better golf this season the california swing hasn't been the most favorable to him and his course history here as a whole isn't great Made cut last year, 74th place finish though, and then two missed cuts and then a top 10 finish. So very interesting stuff there. And Patrick Rogers is going to be a very similar play at the exact same price tag. And honestly, if we're playing a GPP play, Patrick Rogers makes a lot of sense here um, because when he's made the cut, he's been finishing top 30 for one at this price tag. We would take that, but also finishing top 20 consistently as well. And if we look at his starts at this tournament, what are they? Miscut, 12th, 30th, and 15th. He actually ranks out top 25 in the 95 mile. He is going to be one of the better GPP plays that we are getting. Not a cash play, although if you're forced to end up on him like last player to your build, I guess I would get it. So now dipping down into the value tier, there are so many great value plays here, guys. Let's get into it. Okay, so deep breath here. Let's get into it. So Adrian here, a very strong upside play. Now we don't know exactly what we're going to get out of him coming over from the DP tour. Uh, typically speaking with these guys specifically where they have a lot of starts on the DP tour and don't have that much experience with the travel and uh, getting acclimated to, I guess, like the US in general, I, I typically worry about them. But given the price tag where he's, you know, probably underpriced, I think we can roll with it. Like looking at his recent form, fourth, Miscut, 10th, 7th, and then 1st in there as well. 
Like it's going to be tough not to like him as a play. He does come in as a top 40 play in the nine to five model as well. Not the best like makeup percent, but still pretty solid. Jonathan Vegas has been having some pretty good results lately. You know, that miscut minus eight, we're fine with that. And then a 25th and a 23rd place finish, 55th place finish at this tournament last year, then two miscuts for course history. You know, if you end up on him, I'm fine with it. I think he makes for a fine GPP play. I think James Hahn is going to be someone a lot of people are going to end up on just given his course history, 61st, 15th. 13th, and the fact that he's coming in off of a make cut, I'm not saying that's correct. I would say he's probably a little bit too high priced. He ranks out as someone that's going to be right around a make cut. So, you know, if we're, if we're searching for a value play, I think we could do much worse than him. I would say probably my favorite value play this weekend, which sounds weird. It's going to be Sam Ryder, obviously coming in off of that tournament in which he almost won. If we look at his starts in which he has missed cuts, they're not bad missed cuts. Like they're under par missed cuts, which is a sign of a player playing good golf, solid, consistent golf as well. We look at his course history, 26th missed cut and 56. So two out of three make cuts here which for 6.7, I would take those odds. And just given the fact that he's been playing some solid golf, like I, at this price tag, it's tough not to like him. Only race up 52nd in the 9 to 5 mile, but once we get down this low, I mean, that's what's going to happen, especially in a field like this. I guess Dylan Fertelli, Lanto Griffin, those are two players we could end up on as well. Like, I'd be fine with it, like 8 out of 13 make cuts. Like We're fine with that at that price tag. Same thing with Lanto Griffin. He's actually made three straight cuts in a row both at this tournament and on the PGA Tour. Like, I'd be fine with that. Adam Shanks now made three straight cuts on the PGA Tour. And then just, I don't know. I don't, Tyler Dung is not going to make the cut, but I, I just, I found it shocking that he was 6K. That's that's interesting to me. Missed cut on the number last week. And it's just not, so, it's not somewhere we're playing. It's not worth mentioning, but I just, I found that interesting. If you look at the players around him, he's a much better play than them. He should be like 6.4. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into my core plays for this week. Obviously, John Rahm is going to be a core play. There's just no way around it just a spectacular play sure the course history isn't as strong as it has been the last few weeks but he is someone that is just going all right so getting to the core plays for this week we're going to start out with john rom john rom is really just a class of the field once again course history rank ranks out top 10 of the field specialist wise top specialist in the field recent form wise best recent form top six staff fit number one play in the nine to five model he is still not priced up enough he should be a higher price point play uh, let's continue to roster him until he gets into that 12k price point range and we're going to have a decent amount of core plays today uh in this video because I think Xander Shoffley is definitely someone we should be rostering as well. Uh, just coming in, checking all the boxes. You know, I like to play golfers that are coming in with great recent form, great course history, great staff fit, great specialist. He's checking all the boxes. Like there's no reason to not play Xander. Maybe price point would be the reason, but coming in with a, a lot of great finishes, uh, he's just a consistent player as well. Uh, sure, we worry about the upside and some people might be worried about that as well. I'm perfectly happy locking in a top 15 place finish. And Max Holm is going to be a core play as well. Three straight top 10 finishes at this tournament. We can see the recent form has been very solid. And, you know, I kind of mentioned off of his victories, they hadn't been like the best starts, but at least he was making the cut. So that was encouraging. Uh, now I think we're fine with it. Coming off of a victory in a tournament in which he's excelled at, like I kind of expect him to have a really strong finish this week. Uh, probably, I don't want to say probably, uh, but like a top 15 place finish, I think we can be... I don't want to say locking in. I never like to use the lock word, but I'm kind of expecting that. And so to me, just kind of given his price tag, I, I feel like Victor Hovland should be a core play, and this is mostly just due to his price point. 8.9 is a cheap price point. He's like the last of the truly elite plays that we're getting, and we're getting him at under 9K. Obviously, that's because the field is loaded, but we can see course history-wise. Two straight top 
five finishes. Recent form-wise, obviously the 42nd place finish isn't encouraging, but before that, 13th, 18th, 23rd, 10th, 21st, 5th, 34th, 5th, like had been having good starts. We can see as a whole, if you look at his past 15 starts, past 10 starts, uh, past five starts, just consistent as well. Uh, top nine specialist, top 12 play in the 95 mile, nothing alarming. With him, he should be a solid play this week. And then looking at Adam Scott as well, I just like him because he should be a make cut. And at the AK price point, I'd be fine taking a make cut. Course history is obviously spectacular. Four finishes, a top seven or better in the last four years, as well as a 38th place finish. Pretty solid stat fit. Race out second best in the field. Fourth best course history. Uh, recent form could be a little bit better. You know, we're kind of lacking those upside finishes, especially recently. So that's why I'm saying he's more of a may cut only type play, but top 10 play in the 95 mile, really strong price point play this week. And then I typically do not like to make a player core play that's coming in off of a miscut, whether it be for course history or for recent form. So it's just more of a price point play. And I would say Wyndham Clark would fall under this as well. Although it's like when you start to trust Wyndham Clark is when he burns you. So we hesitate there. But yeah, Adam Adam Hadwin. And I just realized Adam Scott, Adam Hadwin, probably going to end up in my builds. Uh, but looking at missed cut 26, 26, and 75th. So three out of four to make cuts. Key stat wise could be better there. Course history rank could be better. Recent form wise, we'll take that though. Top 15 in the field. We can see those really solid finishes in their 10th, 44th, 18th, 7th, 32nd, 49th, 10th. Like, Consistently speaking, Adam Hadwin is typically a cut maker, so I'm perfectly fine ending up on him at such a soft price tag. And so, guys, just kind of looking at some like first look builds uh, using like those players I really want to be on. We can see uh, we could end up on Patrick Rogers, we could end up on Joel Damon. Like I'm fine with that. That works out. Okay, that's one path you could do. Obviously, we want we want to be on Adam Scott if we can, if possible. So this is another lineup we can do. You know, just a very strong week in terms of lineup construction. And then, like I said, this is kind of how I ended up on him. It's don't play him. Okay. But I was trying to find a lineup in which I could fit in all these players. And then I was like, Tyler Duncan, 6K. What's going on there? And if you look at the players around him, that's what I mean. Like Holmes, Smotherman, Hickok, Streb, Watney, McGreevy. It's just strange there. Okay. He should be like up here in this price point range. Okay, then it'd be fine. I'm not saying play him, but I'm saying this is the way I could make this lineup work. And so let's let's try to do a little bit more fair and balanced here. And so here's another kind of lineup path. Like it is crazy how easy it is to make a good GPP build. Okay. I feel like it's going to be a little bit more difficult to make a strong cash. All right, everyone. That is it for today's video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, you know what to do. Give it a like and subscribe. If you guys want to become a nine to five member and get access to all the tools that you saw, um, you know, access to stuff like the ownership leverage report, which is huge showdown to, I mean, I try to make it the best value out there. I think it is $10 a month. If you want to check it out, if not, give a like and subscribe. That helps me. Let's have a good slate. Let's have a good week. And as always, let's keep cash.